Uh, we're now going to transition and we're going to um, uh, go into our preaching series uh, through the creeds. We've had really amazing time over the last few weeks to start to dig out the truths that never change, even in a season where there's so many things changing, the unchanging truths of scripture. And uh, before we're going to do that, we're going to um, uh, recite the creed together. Now, in many churches, this happens on a regular basis, but it's not, not so common uh, in our uh, kind of churches but we really want to do this together to declare the goodness of God. And when we declare together, there is something very powerful. A, to our hearts as we declare the truths, that our hearts will start to transform these truths and get hold of them. And B, there is something about joining those throughout the, throughout the centuries who've been proclaiming this together. And one day we will be standing before God's throne and we will know these truths in full glory. But as we recite them together there's real power and strength that come from it so i just want to encourage you just drop what you're doing at the moment just make sure that you focus and as we are playing the video uh, recite it with us don't just listen to it but recite it with us so you let the the truths and the words come in your heart so when you're around in a living room with other people around you give them a little elbow get ready and why don't we do this together we believe in one god the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, for all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you've joined in with that. What a powerful declaration. Well, it's my uh, absolute privilege to introduce Sam to you. As many of you know, Sam's one of our elders at Life Church, and uh, he's such an amazing friend. Uh, I love serving with Sam on the team. He's also someone who is uh, absolutely dedicated to Life Church. He gives so much of his time next to his job for the police, uh, as well as his family, to serve those at Life Church. Uh, particularly in this season, he's been spending so much time uh, giving to life groups, making sure our communities continue. So, Sam. It's such a privilege to have you on the team and uh, for you to speak to us this morning. Thank you for being a great friend and a great leader. We are eager to hear what you've got to say to us this morning. Wonderful. Well, uh, it's uh, it's fantastic to be with you on uh, Zoom. This is a very unnatural experience. Uh, 
I think if we're used to, oh, uh, of course we don't have to turn around when we're preaching anymore. That is a, a TDA thing. And uh, if you're, if that went over your head, I apologise. It's a naff joke that I'm surprised nobody over the last seven weeks has tried. That and uh, uh, weeing behind the drummer. Nobody has dared go there so far. So I thought I'd best, uh, best try uh, today. But we're, uh, as we've been talking about, we're in a very familiar uh, territory with uh, some of these statements that we've been uh, reading together. These are wonderful foundational truths that we're, uh, looking at as we go over the creed, we're uh, looking at a, a wonderful section together today. But they are—they're um, very familiar, and uh, I think the—the uh, the area that we're looking at today is uh, particularly familiar, particularly around Christmas time. You'll uh, remember a lot of the language around that, and uh, we don't want familiarity to mean that these things become cold. We want to uh, grow. Uh, in our uh, understanding as we uh, take these things deeper and um, we're going to do that through the daily devotions and a little bit uh, together today uh, as we look at what I think is the most shocking statement in the whole of the creed and uh, we had uh, Hannah Ganderton lead us through this part we're uh, looking at the part of the creed that says for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. Now, in many ways, this is the reason why the creed was written in the first place. There was a big debate, as Walter took us through last week, about is Jesus similar to, is Jesus a creation of, or is he, in fact, God himself? And where we landed last week, where we were looking at the lordship of Jesus, how, uh, how he is him in God himself. We looked at a bit of the Trinity that we won't go into today, but we, we saw that Jesus is God. And, uh, and so I think when we read uh, statements like we've just read, we must understand that this is the most outrageous, the most shocking part of the creed. To disagree with what I've just said would be to misunderstand what the creed is saying. The, the God of heaven the one who is uh, eternal, the one who is at the very beginning and will be at the very end, the one who is creator of all things, the one who sustains all things, the one who is currently holding everything together, uh, came to earth as a man. And uh, we're going to explore that a little bit together. Uh, I've got some verses for us to read. If you've got a Bible, uh, John, uh, the book of John, we'll be reading the first uh, uh, verses from John, and I'll lead us in that. John says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. We'll jump to verse nine. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And this is fantastic. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. 
Amen. So what John is saying there and what this section of the creed is saying uh, is uh, quite simply outrageous. It says that God, uh, the word is God. The word is God and the word was with God and the word was in the beginning. So the eternal existence of Jesus, the eternal existence uh, of God is not up for debate. The, but this word became flesh. This word, not an envoy, not a, a high substitute. Uh, this isn't Jesus who is dressed up as a human. This isn't Jesus who's entered into another human being. This is God, not superficially, but this is God becoming human in, in all its real forms, in all its real forms. And that is shocking, isn't it? One person with two natures that don't diminish from each other. He's no less God and he's not a more hyped up human. He is genuinely both distinct in this perfect union in the person of Jesus. And I think this is a difficult uh, thing for us to understand. So let me give you a couple of analogies uh, that may or may not uh, help you on this journey. Suppose uh, with me that you are R. J.R. Tolkien, the writer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, this uh, mass of words here decides that there is not enough words in these books and in fact he's going to write himself into the story of Middle Earth. J.R. Tolkien will be sat in his office in Oxfordshire where he's writing uh, these books and he decides I'm going to write J.R. Tolkien the character into Middle Earth to live alongside Samwise Gamgee and Frodo and all the adventures that they have uh, in their uh, world. If that was the case, J.R. Tolkien, the author in Oxfordshire, does not change. He is still the author. His existence is not, uh, is not dependent on anything that happens in, in, to the character in these books. His existence is set and he remains the same. And yet also we have, or we see in the book that J.R. Tolkien takes a different form. But he is still uh, the one person in two different realms. And in the same way, the Bible is saying that, there's the, the, the God of heaven is still ruling and reigning. There's still, there's still, this is still God, and yet he has taken human form. He's come into our earth, he's the, the earth that he created, uh, to live amongst us, both as fully God and fully man. So imagine that J.R. Tolkien, in Middle Earth, his existence does not change. His character does not change. He's right in this story and yet existing in both places, uh, one not dependent on the other. Well, if that doesn't work, uh, it might not work for you. It's not brilliant for me either. Uh, but uh, the thing that really helps me is I think of the story of Simeon. As we, uh, over Christmas, you might think of this story a little bit. After the birth of Jesus, we read about how Jesus was presented at the temple. Uh, so he'd have been about 40 days old. And Mary takes him to the temple, and there's a man there, uh, uh, an older man called Simeon, who has this really weird um, uh, kind of word from God that he will not see death until he has seen the Messiah, the one who would come to save his people. And, uh, and so he's just been clinging on. Well, I can't die today because I've not seen it. And, uh, and then the day comes. It says that the Holy Spirit leads him to the temple uh, and where he meets uh, baby Jesus. And I just think that this is uh, one of those areas, this, this uh, story encapsulates what we're looking at today with the creed. Uh, 
that we see Jesus both in uh, human vulnerability in this story. It says how uh, Mary gave baby Jesus to Simeon. I mean, that's pretty brave. Any mums or dads around would be thinking, right, handing baby Jesus over to this old guy. I imagine her kind of going, well, just watch his, watch his head. It's still a bit floppy or, uh, you know, don't leap around with him too much because he, he's just eating. He might be sick. Uh, you know, there's all that vulnerability that's still at stake, completely mad. And yet Simeon looks at this baby and says, salvation has come. Salvation has come. And that the hope of salvation is in this baby. The hope of salvation. He says that I can see the glory of God, the glory of Israel in, on display. And I think this is, uh, this is the, the, the images that we're trying to marry together when we look at this subject. God has come in human form. Not, not, nothing has been taken away of his godness, but he has come as man. It says that he has taken on flesh. And that is shocking, is it not? It is wonderfully shocking. So what difference does this make? Well, I think uh, we want to just very briefly in our short time together, uh, just three areas where I think this is important for us and, uh, uh, and it, the difference that it makes uh, to us. And uh, if we were meeting in person, I promise you, I would have let you do this. But these are so shocking, these statements. I would have, I would have brought some stuff that you could throw at me. Because ultimately, when Jesus made these statements, uh, people, uh, it says that the, in the Bible, that he was nearly stoned for making these statements. Ultimately, when he was taken, when he, when he was crucified, it was for making these statements, for saying that he is God. And, uh, and so this is so outrageous, so shocking. We want to really uh, mark the fact that, you know, not misunderstand exactly what it is that God is saying here, that he has come in this way. Verse 14 uh, of John 1, it says that he made his dwelling among his people. God has made his dwelling among his people. This is the truth that reminds us that God is not a distant being, but one who has come close. If we were to uh, translate these verses, it means literally this, that God has set his tent among us. He has tabernacled himself among us. I should have thought this through a little bit more. But the t he has pitched his tent up in our midst. It says that he has pitched, pitched himself with us, tabernacled himself with us. It's a very easy image for us to understand in this socially distant world that God has not stayed distant. He has come close. When you feel distant from others, we know that we have a God who has come close. And this is truly, truly shocking. The Old Testament, King Solomon, when he's praying for this uh, wonderful uh, building that he's made to, to house the presence of God uh, with the most precious jewels and uh, and, and all the, the finery that money can buy. And uh, in Chron 2 Chronicles 6, uh, Solomon, King Solomon is about to pray for this building. And he says, he says this, he says, the heavens, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Isn't that stunning? He's saying, look, you're the God of heaven. You're the, you're the glorious one. How can anything contain you? And yet we, we get to say, well, you, you've come, 
You've lived amongst us. You've, you've set your tent among us. You've, you've encamped among us. You've chosen to be near us. And the Jews who would have uh, listened to these statements that, you know, the reason why this was so shocking is because the, the holiness of God, the separatedness of God is so clear. God dwells in heaven where even the angels have to cover their faces. And yet John says here that God has pitched his tent among his people. He's come uh, to be close to his people. And I want to encourage us, as we've already heard through some of the contributions, to, to draw near to God as he has drawn near to us. I and mean, what a wonderful privilege that we have, that in Jesus we see that he has come close. He has come close. He's not socially uh, distant. And I want to invite you uh, to uh, go through this season of drawing close to him. Uh, areas where you might feel that you um, perhaps uh, are distant from him, allow, allow him to, to draw uh, near to you in those things. Emmanuel, God with us, is what we say at Christmas. But this is it's truly astounding. I think that probably the way that we uh, get to see the, this in its most glorious way is through prayer. And I've been reading uh, a little bit on prayer, feeling God prompting me a little bit on prayer over this uh, over this season where we're kind of shut down and, and reflecting on lots of different things. And, and prayer is the area where I feel God uh, pr prompting me the most and, and I think it's in prayer that we experience this we see uh, we get to access to the God of the God of uh, of glory the one the God of heaven who's holding all things together and yet we come personally to him we get to call him father we get to to draw near to him in prayer they uh there's a book that is just fantastic. I'd encourage you to read. It's called Dirty Glory by Pete Grieg on, on prayer. And it encapsulates both. It says that this is the glory, the glorious God, glory. But he's come and got dirty. He's come into our world and uh, he's got his fingers dirty in, in our stuff. And when we approach him in prayer, there's something wonderful uh, that comes out of knowing both truths uh, in the person of Jesus. Secondly, uh, the second outrageous thing is that he's, uh, this is God showing himself. We looked at this a little bit last week, so I'm not going to dwell on this too much. But it says that um, John says that he was in the world and yet the world didn't recognize him. The world didn't recognize its own creator. The world didn't recognize God. And uh, I don't know about you. I, I don't know what it is that you uh, would look for when you're trying to see who what, what God is like. Uh, maybe you uh, go for your... Um, your one walk, uh, your, your exercise uh, a day and you're looking at creation and you think, gosh, the glory of God I see on display in creation. Or, or, or maybe you see it in other areas. Or maybe you're exploring uh, God and you think, well, actually, I, I don't see uh, him. I see where he's lacking. And I, I see maybe where things are happening and he's, you know, what's, what's he doing about this crisis, this virus and all these other things. And, and, and what I think is wonderful when we see the person of Jesus is that in Jesus, we get to know God. Through Jesus, we get to know God. There's, there's this wonderful way uh, in which we get to experience and see what God is like. Uh, Philip uh, in, is one of the followers of Jesus, and you can read about him in John 14. It says that, that um, uh, there's stuff going on, and Philip, Philip's, Philip's a bit worried. And uh, uh, Philip says to Jesus, Jesus, just show us the Father, and then everything will be all right. 
And you kind of understand that sentiment. You know, there's stuff happening. You're like, I don't understand this. I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, I can't really make much sense of this. Just show us the Father. If I could see the Father, if I could see God, then all of this would be okay. I would be, I would be secure. I'd be peaceful. I just know. Maybe you're a bit like that. Maybe there's lots of things happening in your life. Lots of questions. You think, oh, if I could just see God, then I would. Then I'd know. Then I'd know. Well, Jesus' response to Philip is stunning. He says this. He says, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father because the two are one. And so there's, um, there's this wonderful way in which Jesus demonstrates who God is, knowing what God is like. We know the way that God relates to people. We know the way that his, what his attention is on. We know his compassion. We know uh, lots of things that we've even talked about already in some of the contributions. We get to experience God as we get to see what Jesus is like. And I, you know, it's stunning that this is the one who is most holy, who made himself unclean by touching lepers. The one who is uh, holy, who uh, touched dead people and brought them back to life. The only one who is worthy of praise who came and, and washed his friend's feet. This is, this is the, sun, the stunning nature of our God. And we get to know him, we get to see him more deeply as we see Jesus. This uh, the Jesus who's come, pitched his tent and walked among us. And uh, we get to see the Father through him. I'm not going to dwell on that too much. I encourage Val to look at this a little bit last week. But I want to encourage you uh, that in this season of unknown, of, of insecurity, we can know the Father as we look to his son, Jesus. Thirdly, uh, the third thing that we can see from this and finally is that uh, the creed says that it's for us and for our salvation that Jesus has come. Ultimately, it says God saves. God saves his people. The start of Matthew's story of Jesus, uh, he's talking of Mary. He says she, uh, there's this thing about Mary, says, uh, verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Right from the off, Matthew's making it really clear. Like Everything that comes after this is God saving his people because Jesus has come. You're going you're gonna to call his name that, God saves his people, because he is going to save his people. And this is very. This is the core of who he is, and the creed says it. This is why he came to save, to set us free. John uses the analogy of of darkness to light, uh, and uh, the difference that, that 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 is that actually we're living in darkness. We're completely blinded uh, by this darkness, and the, the light has come. The true light. The creed says the the light of light, and uh, and he has come into our world to defeat that darkness. That darkness is, is sin. That's what the Bible describes it as, that, that there's uh, that, that sin, everything that we've put in the place of God, everything that we've distracted ourselves from him with, everything that we've put in pl- his place of honour is sin. And instead, of, instead of, of, of knowing him closely as he has intended, we're, 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 we're darkened, we're uh, blinded uh, in the dark by sin. And uh, this, uh, this wonderful section that we've just read uh, from John says that Jesus came to save us from that. The true light came to save us from that. He did that by going to a Roman cross, dying on the cross and raising again because he who had no sin took our sin and, uh, and on the cross he defeated it. 
Uh, and uh, we have this wonderful moment where uh, we have God, who is uh, the God who is who is owed uh, this, uh, who makes the perfect sacrifice. God Himself makes the perfect sacrifice. It needed to be God who made this because there was nothing in us uh, that we could have done to reverse these effects. There's no light in ourselves that we could have conjured up. Uh, we needed His light in our life, and. Uh, uh, this is such a, a, a stunning part of the story. I've done a little video, why don't you watch it, and then I'll talk to you again in a moment. We'll play the video. The section of the creed that we've been reading together says, For us and for our salvation, he has come. The God of heaven has uh, come in flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And in the verses that we read together, uh, John describes this moment as the light of light, the light of life coming into the darkness, shining into our darkness, breaking in to our darkness. This is the significance of what we've just been reading together. It's the moment when the light comes on. The light comes on and shines into our darkness. Uh, when God himself breaks into our world, everything uh, that has separated us from him, he has shone a light and the darkness cannot overcome it. And uh, I want to encourage us to consider these things together afresh. There's also another uh, way in which we can uh, reflect on these things. In the same way as we look at the fact that Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus also said that we are to follow him. And as followers of him, he called us the light of the world, a sent people who are called to uh, live out as uh, he has uh, called us to to uh, demonstrate his light to others and in many ways we're like the little tea lights that are on my garden floor shining lights into uh, the darkness and I want to encourage us in this season that we're living in uh, to find ways uh, to reflect Jesus to be like him in this dark time that we're living, to uh, demonstrate the hope that we have in him, to demonstrate the peace that comes from knowing him, and to speak of his salvation as we are like uh, lights reflecting his light in the darkness. Wow, Sam Spielberg there, uh, trying a video. So look, as we finish off, let me just... Let me just be really clear. This is a fantastic part of the creed that says that God has set his tent amongst us. It says that we can we can know him because he's come close. We get to see what he's like. But ultimately, it says that for the reason why this has happened is because he has come to save his people. He's come to save us, to set us free from the darkness in our life. We see this in the person of Jesus. As soon as he comes, then he started to he starts to break the effects of sin, reverse the effects of sin. He's healing people. He's setting people free. He's raising the dead. And, and his whole life leading up to the cross and then pin, the pinnacle moment on the cross where he defeats sin as he, uh, as he is raised to death raised from death and this is this is the stunning thing jesus being uh human is not coincidental to salvation uh, jesus didn't just uh, do uh, save us from the blame of sin but he redeemed humanity and he caught us up into his purposes as well and 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 now this same jesus says that as i've been sent now i sent you 
and and he has encouraged us if you're a christian if you know this light to be beacons of uh light uh to be like this little tea light that was scattered around my garden and to to encourage people with the light that we've received the 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 light that god has shone into our darkness and to and to demonstrate this in the hopelessness to those around us and i want to encourage us in this season this is a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to do this to find ways to demonstrate his light in our uh in our, the world around us let me just pray uh, as we finish off father we're so thankful for your son we're so thankful for uh the person of jesus that we get to to see uh with such clarity through your word the one who was there in the beginning who was who has come close, who has dwelt uh, among us, who has pitched his tent uh, with us, who has chosen to draw near and not stay uh, distant. Father, we take much peace and comfort from that. I want to pray that you would help us. Uh, Maybe the people this morning that are feeling uh, far away from you, Father, would you draw near? Uh, Father, would you bring peace and security for the knowledge of knowing who you are uh, this morning? Father, we do Pray also that your light would shine oh so brightly. Father, where there is areas of darkness, Father, would your light uh, shine in our hearts. Father, for those of uh, us who are maybe watching here this morning for the first time, who've never chosen to follow you, Father, your word says so clearly that if we believe in you, you give us the right to become children of God. As we set our hope in you, as we uh, discard ourselves from the darkness and choose to focus on your light, Father, we, we get to have the hope that comes from knowing you. And Father, also we pray uh, for this season that we're in. Uh, pray, Father, for us as a church family. Would we be like these tea lights uh, scattered around Peterborough over different Zoom screens or in different neighbourhoods, uh, wherever we're uh, scattered? Father, would we be beacons of the hope that we found in you, demonstrating this wonderful, outrageous Uh, merciful, gracious King who has come in flesh uh, that we might know you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. We believe that he's great. Wow. Thank you so much, Sam, for stirring us. Thank you for reminding us to look at Jesus as the true light. Well, uh, because we believe in Jesus, the true light, he shines into our world. He gives uh, our reality perspective. We, we want to take some time to particularly pray. And uh, I want to encourage you to pop me some prayer requests um, on the channel, Bouter uh, Vertical, if you select that and you uh, send me some um, prayer requests. We'd love to take these things and pray into them, particularly uh, with our pastoral team and team of uh, elders and emerging elders so please pop those through we'd love to pray for you and uh, we are um, going to take a little bit of time to share a few words but also some encouragement so we've after each meeting we've been sharing some words of knowledge to particularly pray into things and uh, we want to feedback some things that have happened as a result of that so i've got a, a special testimony from elena my daughter who uh, has been prayed for uh, last week and uh, some remarkable things coming out of the these times god really works through prayer. So I want to encourage you just to watch this briefly and then get ready to respond as we're going to share some words of knowledge and pray as well. Last Sunday, we prayed for my scary dreams and then for a week I didn't have any scary dreams and I had one dream that was a good dream from Jesus and someone went into our house and took all of the light bulbs out of the lights so then we had to sleep in pitch blackness. And then 
there was this glowing man who appeared and then he said, hello, my name is Jesus. And then he said, oh, I'm going to sleep with you and help you get to sleep. And then we didn't need any light bulbs because he was the light. Amazing. How remarkable when we just looked at the story of Sam, uh, that Sam has been preaching to us about Jesus being our light. So we prayed last week, a whole week of no scary dreams and Jesus giving her a special dream. That's real breakthrough, my friend, spiritual breakthrough. Um, uh, Jesus wants to get busy this morning to do things. Uh, we've had many words coming from different uh, sites saying Jesus wants to come and work. And I hope your expectations are being raised. We've had several stories of healing over the last few weeks coming through. Uh, two people had their shoulders healed a couple of weeks ago, which we're really excited about. Uh, just via Zoom on prayer, God is moving and God wants to do some more. Uh, Susanna Tucker sent me a message uh, through that during the worship time, Evan had a picture uh, of Jesus wanting to get busy. So we're just going to try and get that up briefly uh, to get Susanna and Evan in the screen to show that picture, Jesus wanting to get busy. So yeah, it's um, Jesus being busy and with the angels and filling bags of presents to um, bring to us. And then just down here, um, we've got God seeing what all our thoughts are and putting all our bad thoughts in a sort of prison here as well wow that's phenomenal drawing evan amazing uh, i'm uh, 36 years on and i still can't draw like you that is brilliant i really love that um so god wants to get busy he wants to take some of the things that are unhelpful and not good in our lives he wants to take those away from us and he wants to give us good gifts what a wonderful picture so i i hope your hearts are ready to receive i hope you want to re come and uh, respond in prayer what i'm going to do is share a few words that have been shared by a group of people who've been listening out to Jesus this morning. And I want you to be ready to come and respond. So if you, if you feel any of the words um, are reflecting to you that, and I just want to encourage you to kind of stick up your hand or wave. I know that can be a little bit uncomfortable when lots of other people are watching, but I just want, want you to make a response, stand up, wave, or do whatever that you want Jesus to come and break through in your life. So we can then pray for you. So uh, first of all, I had a word from Hannah Graham about reigniting dreams that Jesus wants to reignite dreams. It's so easy to lose our dreams in this season. And uh, Jesus wants to reignite that. What does that look like for you? I want to really encourage you to seek Jesus in prayer. Um, Joe Atwell encouraged us to, to, to not doubt in the season. This is not a season to shrink back, but to push in. If you've been on the back foot a little bit, um, Jesus wants to draw you back in. Um, I had another word from Joe to say that there's also a time to deal with some things from the past, perhaps. Uh, there's somebody who might be struggling with unforgiveness and perhaps even specifically unforgiveness to an earthly father. Uh, Jesus wants to bring courage in your heart to deal with these things and to bring you freedom. Um, I had a word from Gary uh, and Jane uh, about God wanting to bring healing this morning. So please get ready. If you want to receive healing this morning, we're going to go again and pray for these things. Um, particularly, Jane said, uh, somebody with struggles with their right leg. If you've got problems with your right leg, we want to pray for you. Uh, Gary also said there might be somebody going for a job interview this week and is a bit nervous about that. Not quite sure what's happening. Jesus wants to come and work through that. So if that's you, we want to pray for you. Um, Simona shared a word about somebody who feels like they're a bit stuck in a rut in their mind. They, they seem to be going over the same circle and it's not a good circle. And God wants to bring some 
breakthrough in your thinking. Uh, Hannah Gannerton shared a word about uh, somebody uh, who's uh, got problems with their ears, is worried about going deaf, uh, and Jesus wants to bring breakthrough in there and uh, brings you healing, but also uh, a, a spiritual meaning to that, that there might be other people who want to hear God's voice more clearly, and particularly in this season, God wanting to bring breakthrough uh, in that. So if any of these words apply to you can i just encourage you to take yourself into a position of response so either you hold your hands up stand up or uh, whatever you feel if you want to receive healing then i can i encourage you to place a hand on the body part that you want to receive healing i just want to take a moment to pray this over us jesus Thank you that you bring breakthrough. Thank you for the stories of healing that we've heard over Zoom. Thank you for uh, the testimony of Alina that we've heard after pray, particularly for bad night's sleeps, uh, Lord, that you've come and brought breakthrough. And we pray these things again, Lord. Thank you for Evan's picture uh, to tell us that you want to get busy this morning, that you want to bring breakthrough and give us good gifts to lift off um, negative things and to bring breakthrough. Jesus, I want to pray for my friends right now, Lord. I pray for those who are stuck, who struggle to dream, Lord. I pray that you will help them, Lord, to find breakthrough. Lord, I pray for those who struggle with unforgiveness. Lord, I pray that you will come and lead them through a season in which they can learn how to let go and to uh, bring these things before you. Lord, I pray for those who've been stuck in their thinking. Lord, I pray that you will come and bring breakthrough, Jesus, that you will help them to find breakthrough. Lord, I pray for uh, um, body parts, Lord, Father, all things in, in, in people's bodies that are not working right. Lord, I pray that you'll come and bring healing now, Lord, for those who are having a hand on a body part that they want to receive healing for. Lord, I pray that you will come now, Lord, in your power. And we command sickness to go, pain to go, and we bring uh, your breakthrough into their lives. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray for fear, anxiety, Lord Father. We pray for an increase to hear your voice, Lord. We pray for all these things to happen now, Lord. I pray that you use my voice as I pray, Lord, on behalf of everyone else here, Lord. And uh, we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you, if, um, if if you've been praying for something specific that you can test out right now, can you just have a little go? Uh, maybe wriggle your body part around or do whatever normally might uh, cause pain. Or if you've just uh, done something, uh, dealt with something in your mind or in your heart, can you just um, wave at me if you have felt any improvement or something happening whilst you are praying? You need to have your camera on for this. So just wave at me if you've just dealt with something between you and God, or if you've felt some improvement, just wave at me. Well done. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I can see that. Well done. Brilliant. Well, I was zooming through lots of screens here, but um, I just want to pray one more time and then we'll, we'll finish together. Lord, we pray again, Lord, that you will come and bring breakthrough. Lord, I thank you for Simon Lummis's uh, testimony a few weeks back. He said, the first time prayed, nothing happened. Second time, something significantly happened. Lord, we want to come again before you and pray for breakthrough. Lord, I pray for breakthrough for my friends in Jesus' name. We come on healing, breakthrough in your name, in Jesus' name. 
Well done. Can I really encourage you, if you have received some breakthrough or something's happened as a result of prayer, for you to feed that back. It's absolutely critical that we continue to celebrate what Jesus is doing and share the stories of breakthrough to continue to build faith in our hearts. So please email at hello at wearelifechurch.uk if you have a story of breakthrough or share it with your life group when you meet later on this week. Uh, and uh, make sure that you feed these stories back to encourage us.